Welcome back to the Joshua Shaw audio experience. Firstly, thank you for giving me a bit of your attention. I'm honored you trusted me with it, and I promise to return the favor by giving you a ton of edutainment value back. This episode will utilize some of the latest Vitamin Shop financial and operational news to explain why the future could be bright for the specialty retailer. Before we get started, I would love if you took 37 seconds out of your day to leave a rating or review on whichever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. This helps me out immensely in terms of extending the reach of my podcast, but more importantly, allows me to make improvements based on your feedback. Thank you again. Now enjoy my newest podcast episode. Why does a recent partnership announcement by the Vitamin Shop have me excited of a potential expansion of services in the future? I'll get to answering that kind of introductory question later in this content, but I did want to run through the 2021 quarter three Vitamin Shop earnings and conference call that was released on November 2nd of 2021. For those unaware, the Vitamin Shop was acquired about two years ago by a publicly traded holding company named Franchise Group. It trades under the stock ticker FRG. Franchise Group owns a hodgepodge of retail assets. The Vitamin Shop is the largest in terms of revenue and locations, but they also own American Freight, which is a mashup of a furniture mattress retailer and Sears Outlet that has 320 locations. Buddy's Home Furnishings, which is a rent-to-own specialty retailer that has close to 300 locations. Pet Supplies Plus, which has 550 locations. Sylvan Learning, which they just acquired and is a tutoring services retailer, has 700 locations. Being that the franchise group doesn't break out all that much of like the individual retail brand information from a financial perspective, I... Won't have as much of that breakout data that I normally do, but to make this content valuable, I will be focusing on more of those actionable strategic insights around the vitamin shop. So of the financial data that the franchise group does break out, I want to cover some of that real quick. The 2021 quarter three vitamin shop revenue was just shy of $301 million. That was up 13% year over year, but flat on a quarter over quarter sequential basis. If we look at the first nine months of revenue for the vitamin shop, it is up 15% from the previous year. The vitamin shop has really benefited from a number of things that are happening, but if we're looking at this from that year over year type of perspective, you did have a lot of the gyms reopening, you had a lot of normalcy going back to consumer behavior. Because of the elevated consumption rates around some of those like workout specific use occasion type products also being layered on top of the increased overall sustained consumption of like general health and wellness products, Vitamin Shop has seen same store comps grow 13% In this quarter, if we break that down by in-store, that was up 15%. Digital was actually down 2% on a year-over-year basis. A lot of that is coming down to consumers choosing to go back into the store, getting that kind of personalized in-store experience. They can ask the questions to the health enthusiasts, get a little bit more information around the products 
that they are seeking right now and doing that in a arguably less risk, health risk perspective. And I did want to mention for the first time in a while, the vitamin shop is seeing a net increase in their overall customer base. This is really good long-term for the vitamin shop. While the franchise group does shield a lot of the expense and costs of the vitamin shop from an individual basis, I don't know exactly all the different things that are going into this. The vitamin shop is net profitable right now in the quarter their net profitability was just over $21 million. Want to transition this content into a little bit of like the franchising or store kind of update. If you remember from the last piece of content that I had for the vitamin shop, I talked about just how they've progressed in their franchising strategy. They made a huge step in the company's history as signing their first kind of multi-unit franchising agreement, three locations in Texas. Before that, the vitamin shop has never done anything around franchising. So this is really a big step. Now, I don't necessarily think we're going to have too many more announcements. We haven't had any since then. And that's mostly because this isn't necessarily a material kind of thing that you would constantly announce unless maybe they sign a very massive deal or, or something like that. But Going forward, I think the franchise group is going to update the outside stakeholder community on some of the backlogged franchises for the vitamin shop. And they already do that across the company at this point, but they did not do that for the vitamin shop currently. And I would assume the reason for that is because they only have a handful of them on the vitamin shop at this point. They have 350 backlogged franchise locations across the franchise group company-wide brands. They are experiencing robust demand for both existing and new potential franchisees due to the strength of their operating models. Most of those 350 backlogged franchise locations are coming from Pet Supplies Plus. As a reminder, the franchise group's goal is to have its retail brands 90% franchised. That being said, the vitamin shop will likely never get to that point because they started at zero and the market can't support thousands of additional locations. I do suspect that a substantial number of corporate stores over time will eventually be refranchised, but at this point, they're going to need to see the market activity and the success of the new franchise locations first to test those before they transition some of the existing corporate-owned locations. The Vitamin Shop did end the third quarter with 713 stores, all of them corporate-owned in the system. That is down three from the previous quarter. Next, I want to talk around the marketplace dynamics. Any piece of content that I create around this period of time, I think is probably going to touch on this in some way or another. If you are super interested in the supply chain situation, just kind of what's happening, especially when we're talking about the supplement industry, I made a comprehensive piece of content recently. If you haven't checked that one out, I'll pop up the video for you guys right here. I will also leave the link in the description. I think you'll really enjoy that piece of content. But one of the perspectives that I didn't necessarily talk about all that much was the retailer's perspective. So it's interesting for me to cover that in this piece of content. Now, the vitamin shop is seeing wage pressure. That is across pretty much every business, especially when you're talking about consumer-facing retail businesses. They're kind of seeing this wage pressure the most. The jobs report that came out today said that hourly wage growth was up somewhere around 5%. So that is a huge number that's hitting the bottom line for companies like the Vitamin Shop. 
Now, on the inventory perspective, they're also seeing cost pressures there as some of their brands have to raise prices. Also, on the private label side of the equation, as Vitamin Shop has been focusing more of their attention on private labels, they are seeing cost increases from their manufacturers, from their suppliers, so that is hitting the bottom line as well. Now, the Vitamin Shop has noted that they are increasing their inventory levels, uh, making sure they have safety stock. This is a complete kind of change in strategy from where they have been trying to limit and utilize more efficiently their inventory across their store fleet by utilizing new technologies and different things like that. But I do think in the short term, this is a really good decision for the vitamin shop as inventory, in-stock inventory becomes really a competitive advantage. Now, vitamin shop or any supplement retailers, this isn't necessarily a holiday gift type of scenario. So you don't necessarily have to think about like huge rushes of people around Black Friday or Cyber Monday. Now they do see a lift, but not at the levels of maybe some of the more like holiday giftable um, type of categories. But as consumers are used to purchasing things ahead of time because of what's been happening recently, I do think consumers are going to buy when they see it in stock. And this is going to be important as we get to the New Year's resolution crowd. So the New Year, New You as consumers start to think about that, they might actually stock up on products ahead of time. And that will be important for the vitamin shop to make sure they are in stock. Now, as consumers maybe purchase more or purchase ahead of what they normally would, a announcement that the vitamin shop made might be extremely important going forward. And that is with a buy now, pay later startup. And while it's not necessarily a competitive advantage that they're working with Klarna, because that startup in the buy now, pay later ecosystem does work with 250,000 retail partners globally. Having a buy now, pay later payment option has become almost a consumer expectation. A recent survey from Klarna found that around three-fourths of Gen Z and millennial shoppers seek out payment options at checkout. As part of this arrangement, customers of the Vitamin Shop can opt for Klarna's interest-free pay-in-for option via the website, in-store, or they can shop through Klarna's app. And I just want to add maybe an interesting kind of maybe tidbit of information around this buy now, pay later trend that's been happening. Now, the Vitamin Shop is insulated from this, and if you're a brand owner, you're insulated from this if you have this as a payment option. But default rates have been about two to three times the level of traditional credit cards. So as these startups, be it Klarna, Afterpay, maybe Affirm, any of the other kind of fintech companies that have started to offer this as a service, sees these high default rates, that might change maybe some of the fee structures on your side when you are adding that to your checkout system. I don't necessarily think this trickles down to the consumer, except for some of the very large purchases that there is some interest payments that are a part of that. But it's interesting to kind of see this consumer credit new product in the market, how it's being utilized, um, some of the risks and things that are happening around there. So I do think this is something to pay attention to long term. Do want to cover a quick merchandising update that will transition into something I want to talk about around that introductory statement. But firstly, as I previously mentioned, the Vitamin Shop is notably one of only a few national retailers that have embraced ingestible CBD products. They have deemed themselves as CBD headquarters and they continually add high quality CBD brands like Prima. 
Prima is a two-year-old supplement body care and skincare CPG brand that first launched direct-to-consumer only before expanding to retailers like Sephora and Nordstrom. And for a brand to launch into retailers of that level, Prima has pretty attractive customer demographics. 80% are female, which is attractive for a retailer like The Vitamin Shop, which is pretty balanced at 50-50, but has been making a lot of decisions that make me think that they probably would like that to be more like 60-40 females to males. So this is an important partnership from a merchandising standpoint going forward. But more importantly, the merchandising kind of announcement that I wanted to talk about that related to the introductory statement was around hims and hers. This partnership will begin with a variety of hair care solutions with potential expansion into other hims and hers offerings early next year. And this potential expansion commentary got me thinking, and not necessarily in the product sense. And though I think that adding more hims and hers product line in the vitamin shop could be useful, it's not all that interesting. When we're comparing this to the potential expansion into personalized wellness care, now the vitamin shop, I think long-term, that is what they hope to accomplish. And they do do that in a small scale. I think that the core competency or the core strategy of Hims and Hers is to provide personalized wellness care at scale. And this aligns with my vision for the future, which is that specialty supplement retailers and pharmacy, aka the drug sales channel, converges into wellness retailers. Hims and Hers is far more than just physical products. They are a publicly traded telehealth startup that's fully verticalized in multiple conditions. So why shouldn't a retailer like the Vitamin Shop, through a partnership with Hims and Hers, have the ability to create personalized supplement, over-the-counter medication, maybe prescription medication, solutions for customers around areas like anti-aging, hair care, skin care, sexual health, and many other areas that now are within the kind of ever-expanding wellness dimension. This type of potential expansion for me is extremely interesting, extremely kind of intriguing long-term and kind of an area that I talked about in a previous piece of content that was specifically around GNC and kind of the store of the future, so 2030s kind of viewpoint on the specialty supplement retailer, but could really be interchanged between vitamin shop and GNC. They didn't necessarily need to be just around GNC. So if any of this kind of intrigues you and interests you and maybe think, wow, what could this be in the future around wellness retailers and how these kind of things could play in the future, I will also pop that piece of content up for you guys right there. I'll leave the link in the content description as well. But when we're talking about the future, need to note around some of the mergers and acquisitions chatter for the franchise group. The franchise group has stated they've looked at over 100 businesses in the last year. They've only acquired two of them. That might seem like a huge waste of resources, but those other potential deals that didn't make sense still have huge value for the company. Why, you might be asking, well, due diligence deals, especially when you talk about franchise targets, teaches you a lot about franchising. You learn a lot about your company as a whole, what you're good at, maybe what you're not good at, and it gets you outside of your comfort zone of mechanical thinking. 
Franchise Group is open to bolt-on mergers and acquisitions activity to existing retail brands like the Vitamin Shop, possibly adding service-based businesses, and overall just seeking portfolio diversification. I'd expect them to have some more press releases, things like that, around mergers and acquisitions activity in the next 6 to 12 months. Franchise Group is one of the most active publicly traded companies in terms of trying to transform their portfolio and really look for value accretive deals. Just want to end on some final thoughts. The Vitamin Shop has continued to execute at a very high level in merchandising categories that are extremely attractive right now, especially getting a boost from the COVID-19 effect. At a projected 2021 revenue of $1.2 billion, this really puts them at the level, the peak of the Vitamin Shop during the mid-2010s. But the Vitamin Shop of today is doing it in a much more efficient manner with less stores. And though the franchise group has given the Vitamin Shop a ton of kind of shade to operate in the shadows and can really kind of do a lot of things from a transformation basis much easier than when you're a standalone publicly traded company, it also kind of shields them from the praise side of things. And the Vitamin Shop has done an extremely good job over the last two to three years of transforming their business. They are a much stronger business today than they were previously when they were acquired or right before they were acquired by the franchise group. And I think the leadership team and anybody involved with the Vitamin Shop needs to get a lot more respect. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. If you have any comments or questions about anything I discussed during it, open the podcast episode notes and click on any of my social media account links to reach out to me directly. 